Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. Amen. Amen. As you're taking your seat, I invite you to go ahead and grab your Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 5. That's where we're going to be in just a moment. Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says something really important that we're going to lean into for the next four weeks. And I think it will just be four weeks this time. But I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, we felt like when within was pretty intense. That was a walk in the clouds compared to where we're going this next few weeks. Yay. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, you ever seen a Facebook fight? Yeah, I know what I'm talking about, right? A Facebook fight. The kind where somebody posts something and it just gets all over somebody to the point where the next days there is a comment thread of like 300 comments of people going back and forth and back and forth, and then you get the, the, the Johnny-come-latelys that want to jump in it too and start throwing in their opinion. And next thing you know, I mean, it, it gets ugly. It gets nasty. Like if this was a physical fight, people's hair's getting pulled, black eye, I mean, it's nasty. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all like, I'm doing what? I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> I understand. Well, I got sucked into one of these in the last year, as many of us have. And it got to the point where, like, it was like daytime television, man. I'm like, what are they saying today? <laughs> Don't judge me. And in it, man, there's, there comes a part of it where it, like, it just gets to the point. You're like, I can't believe, like, this is happening. That people are digging in so much and just just won't let it go. Well, I, I saw one at some point in this last year when that's become kind of the platform in which we've decided to fight. And somebody went into the comments and commented to the person that had originally posted it and said, it's okay, just remember, Jesus said that when we follow him, people gonna hate us. And then it was like on and on about that. To the point where it was almost like, if people hate you for what you're saying, you should celebrate it. Almost like it was a badge of honor. That if and when we decide to stand up for truth, when people hate you, Yay! And I'm like, what? Now, I know that in the scriptures, Jesus said something about this that can, if we misinterpret it, if we don't lean into it properly, maybe that's where we can land. Go, John, I told you to go to Matthew 5, we're gonna get there in a minute, but John 15. John 15, starting with verse 18. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he does say this, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. 
but I have chosen you out of the world. And that's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. And maybe it's this section of Jesus' words to his disciples that people were leaning into to somewhat come to that conclusion. But when I read this, there's a couple of things we got to keep in mind. <laughs> Number one, let's, when Jesus says the world, we have to be careful who we define the world as because it feels like in our culture, the world is anybody who disagrees with you. It's not the body of Christ and the followers of Jesus and those who don't. It seems like we have categorized the world from which hate should come as anybody who doesn't 100%, 100% of the time, agree with everything that we have to say. Also keep in mind, when Jesus is saying to his disciples about being persecuted and hated, who persecuted and hated Jesus the most? The religious folk. Who were the people that were ultimately responsible for putting Jesus before Pilate? It was the religious folks. So we have to be careful. And I don't think what Jesus was saying is in any way that we should celebrate it if when we stand for truth, the result is people don't like us. I think Jesus is saying that that is going to happen. When we stand for truth, when we align ourselves with the principles of God's word, there will always be people that disagree with that and don't like us because of it. You with me? Say amen. There may even be people, when we stand up for what God's word says, that the result is they hate us. That may be the result, look at me, but it should never be the goal. That might be the result, but that should never be the goal. And I don't know that people are going, to, I'm going to post this so people hate me. But it seems like we're not far from that in some ways. Are y'all with me? Am I making any sense? Let me know. Say amen. I think Jesus was very clearly saying, when you, when you follow me the way that you need to follow me, the way that I've called you to follow me, when you stand for truth, you're going to live in a culture that doesn't get it. And man, do we. You're going to have to say really hard things that go against the grain of what society wants. And because of that, there will be people who don't like you for it. That may be the result, but that is not the goal. That may be the byproduct when we dig in our heels. But can I also say this? Before you dig in your heels, make sure you've dug out Scripture so that you know that what you're digging your heels in for is worth it. Because sometimes I'm like, you're digging your heels in a place that isn't even an absolute in the Word of God. You're, you're, you're following this cultural... You're following this cultural idea of what it means to follow Jesus and not a biblical understanding of who he said that we should be. And I don't, I don't want us to ever get to that position where we're not conscious 
of how and when we stand for truth. Because it matters. And when, when, we're, when we're almost operating as if we're trying to make people mad, all we're doing is destroying something that should be valuable to us as followers of Jesus, our influence. Do, do you think about that word very often? Influence. Because you know you have one, right? You have influence. And it may be small in your mind, but it is not insignificant. You have a platform of influence because you have people in your life. People that are watching you, listening to you, reading your social media posts, watching how you are interacting with the world. And that influence matters. You have an influence. Every time you encounter someone, every time you say something, it is influencing the life of another person. And I want us today to, to feel the weight of that reality. Influence is not stagnant, it is fluid. It is constantly moving. And every time you have a conversation, every time you are in front of other people, everything you're doing and everything we are saying is affecting that influence that we have. And it is our influence that God wants to use. And now I'm not saying, and this is, we, we can slide in a weird direction in this and think, oh, we're just living for people's approval. We're, we should never be consumed with people's approval, but we should always be concerned for their soul. And when we live not consumed with their approval, but concerned with their soul, it changes the way we view our influence. Come on, somebody. It changes the way we see our influence. And what Jesus is trying to say to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5 is exactly that. Look, Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 13. Here, very early on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus opens up with these beatitudes, and then he moves into this concept in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may, look, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is, is speaking into this concept of our influence. He's looking at his disciples and he's using this analogy. You are supposed to be salt and light. That the way that you conduct yourself in the world as people who have declared an allegiance to me, the way that you live should make the world better and brighter. That the way that you live in the world should make, should make it better and brighter. 
That's what salt and light does. Salt makes it better. Some of y'all think that a little too much. Yeah, who's one of those people that like you salt stuff before you even taste it? Yep. It's like you just assume it needs more salt. But you also know like you can put too much and it gets nasty. You can do a little too much and no longer is it making it better. It's making it disgusting. There's something to that, amen? It's just a reminder that it's one thing to be bold, it's another thing just to be plain abrasive. Be bold. But when you cross that threshold from bold to abrasive, you're no longer doing anything for God's glory. You're doing more to hurt it than help it. He says, better and brighter. That the fact that the church exists in the world, the fact that followers of Jesus are on this planet, that the result should be it's a better and brighter place. So that, that makes me look at my life. Does my life, am I making the world a better and brighter place? Am I leveraging the influence that God has given me to make the world better and brighter? And see, what I think Jesus is saying is that we should, I should leverage my influence to advance his kingdom. That's what he's asking us to do. Leverage my influence to advance his kingdom. That in this life that I've been given by God, he has allowed me to have a place of influence. And so have you. My home is a place of influence where I'm supposed to leverage my influence with my wife and my kids to advance his kingdom. This very platform is a place that I leverage my influence to advance his kingdom. Standing at the checkout in Walmart to the cashier who you don't even know is a platform of influence that you are to leverage to advance his kingdom. Your office building before your coworkers, whether they know Jesus or they don't, is a place for you to leverage your God-given influence to advance his kingdom. Last week, we talked about we are created to give God glory. There's a way that you do that well and a way that you don't do that well. That we're to leverage our influence for his kingdom. And that means that we have to pay attention to everything that we do, everything that we say, we have to be, we have to live with this awareness, this kingdom mindset as we go into every single place God allows us to be. And what if we started living with that in mind? Today, I will leverage my influence to build your kingdom. I will make the world a better and brighter place because I'm in it. How would that change what we post on social media? How would that change the way we interact with strangers in the grocery store? How would that change the way we see our children? How would that change the way we see our offices? How would it change everything about who we are? 
that the church is supposed to be a, an organism that makes the world brighter. And when the world goes dark is when the church should sound brightest. And my question is, are we? The last year of our lives has been as dark as anyone that I can remember in my 42 years on this planet. In so many ways. And I wonder sometimes, are the people of, the people of God, are we adding to the light or are we contributing to the darkness? with the way that we speak truth. God wants you to be more than right. But man, I'm right. So, I think based on what I heard Jesus just say, he wants us to move beyond right and be bright. And being bright is about more than just saying things that are true. I don't know about you, but I don't want people to just know the truth. I want people surrendered to it. Come on. I want, I want to live in such a way that it just doesn't declare truth, but it declares truth in a way that inspires people to follow it because people knowing the truth doesn't change anything, but surrendering to the truth and accepting Jesus as Lord and feeling his salvation is what changes their eternity. I don't want to just settle for being right. I want to be bright. And I want to figure out how to do that. And I know that's the question. Like, well, Matt, how do we do that? I, I, I don't know in so many ways. But I look at verses like Colossians chapter 6, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 5. Colossians chapter 4, starting with verse 5. It says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Let your social media posts always be full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Do you see that? He's not saying just have the conversation. He's saying how you have the conversation, it matters. He's not saying just, just, just say the right thing and don't worry about how you say it because you're right. No, he's saying let your conversation, those conversations that need to be had, no, look, at, I am not, we do not avoid truth. I'm not saying we ever avoid truth. I'm not saying we don't say the hard things that people don't want to hear. What I'm saying is we got to be more cognizant of how that we say it because I'd rather be effective than stubborn. Paul says, season with salt, full of grace. And I'm guilty of, and you are too, of sometimes not allowing that to be so. Let the conversation, the conversation, where's the grace? Where's the salt? Proverbs 22.1, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. He's reminding us that your reputation, your influence, it matters. Because it's what God is going to use to bring him glory and to lead people to him. 
First Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. We see this woven all throughout Scripture. God reminding us, followers of Jesus, believers of God, that people are watching. And the way that we live and the way that we speak and the way that we conduct ourselves, it matters. Now, sometimes I wonder, God, why did you choose us? <laughs> why did I don't, I feel so inadequate of ever being a light bright enough to reflect him well. And you know what God says? Chose you anyway. Christmas, we did something called Broken But Bright. We're talking about the world, but I also think that refers to us as well. You and I, were broken. Doesn't mean we can't be bright. God's called you to be bright. He's not saying that bright is perfect. Bright. The way that you live your life matters. The way you conduct yourself in the world that God has placed us matters. Fall down into verse 15 of 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Did you hear that? For it is God's will that by doing good you should get on Facebook and tell people how dumb they are. <laughs> For it is God's will for you to feel like you have to respond to every single post you read. For it is God's will that by doing good, by the way that you live your life, that you'll silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. That your best defense is to live a life that reflects Jesus well. You ready for verse 16? Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as, slave, as, live as God's slaves. You know what I think God's saying is? Just because you got the right to say it, doesn't mean you should say it that way. You do know that being right never gives us permission to be unkind. Being right never gives us permission to be unkind. Being right doesn't even demand that you be heard. It says, live as free people, but don't let that freedom serve as a cover for evil. Verse 17, show proper respect to everyone. To who? Oh, not just the people that think like us, talk like us, look like us, believe like us. Show proper respect to everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. Like Peter's trying to say that there's a way we should live. There's a way that we should stand for truth. There's a way that we should follow Jesus. There's a way that we should conduct ourselves living in this world that God has placed us in that actually draws people to him. We're about to get to summertime when 
bugs start coming out. You ever seen a bug drawn to light? Kind of time when I'm good to let my dogs out the back porch, and you got to like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you got to let them out before the moths and stuff start flying in. You, you, you got to, it's like, come on, come on. Because <laughs> things are drawn to light. Things are drawn to light. And then when we're bright in the way that Jesus has called us to be bright, Almost like it's like, if you follow Jesus, nothing about your life will ever be attractive to anybody. We're called to be bright. To represent Jesus with authenticity. Everywhere we go. And if we're gonna be bright the way Jesus has called us to, it's with compassion and without compromise. It's not an either or, it's a both and. The way that we live and stand for and articulate truth is with compassion but without compromise. And now, again, that may result in people not liking us. That may result in people hating us even. That may be the result, but it's not the goal. The goal is to speak the truth of God with compassion and without compromise. And we gotta stop pretending like both aren't possible. We don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Living in a way that brings honor and glory to God is the ultimate goal of our lives. Philippians chapter two. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Paul writing to us from prison saying, make sure that you conduct yourself in a way. Stop grumbling, stop arguing, stop allowing yourself to get caught up in these useless, unproductive arguments and live in such a way that honors and glorifies God. Then he will shine like stars in the sky. What if we ever got to the place where every weekend, we let the stars out. That what walks out of this building or what walks away from an experience online is a bunch of stars. Not stars the way our world is defined it, like an athlete or something, but like people that shine bright with the love and compassion and truth of Jesus Christ. People that realize that their influence is, when, when his mission matters most, your influence will matter more. When the mission that he's given us matters most in our lives, then our, go and make disciples. How do we do that if we don't have influence? And how do we have the influence necessary to lead people to Jesus when we just carelessly and thoughtlessly so, throw it away on social media? Your influence is too valuable to carelessly toss it away, to thoughtlessly abandon it in moments of just emotion. That it'll be your influence and my influence that grows his kingdom.
1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Did you see that? It says, Jesus, the light of the world, put a light in you. When he is living as king of your heart, when he is Lord of your life, he's put a light in you that he wants to shine before all people to see. And remember, he said, you don't take a light and put it under a bowl. That means we don't let that light shine in here under this bowl. We take it out so it's visible And that every weekend when we gather, hopefully God's doing something to just more illuminate you with the truth of his word. Do you remember when when Moses had that encounter with God? Says he came down from the mountain, his face was shining. See, maybe the reason why we can't be bright is because we're not spending enough time in his light. That when we leave this place, we get so consumed by and caught up with all the things of this world and we're not soaking in God. So when we see that social media post, we're not thinking about our influence. We're not thinking about how it may impact his kingdom. We're just just reacting in emotion. And God's saying, hell is too real and eternity is too long for you not to use your light to draw people to me. He chose us. He knew that we would be his church in 2021. And in 2020, he knew when the world was going dark and COVID was running rampant and people were letting politics divide and all these things were happening. He knew that we would be the church that would represent him in this time. How well are we doing it? And we is you. It's not just when we're in here, it's when we're out there. Yeah, you're right. Jesus is Lord. The Bible is true. There are absolutes in his word. There are things that he has declared sin. All of this is true. That's right. We're called to be more than just right. We're called to bring that truth without compromise but with compassion to make him known in this world. We don't back down, we don't compromise, but we let our conversations, our encounters be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that our light might shine. So you take a minute, bow your head, close your eyes. 
Can we, get, can we just get real for a moment before we leave this room? How well are you doing? How bright is your light shining? Comb over your minutes, your days, your thoughts, your words. Are you making the world better and brighter? Is your circle of influence better and brighter because the way that you're living your life see the enemy wants to convince you that oh you've done too many of the wrong things now it's too late people know who you are you're like you that's not true there's some of us that we just need to confess and ask God forgiveness God I'm sorry the way I've gotten caught up in the moment and I've allowed myself to get sucked into these arguments and these things that don't bring you honor and glory I've God I've said the right thing in the wrong way and I want to do more I don't want people just to know your truth. I want them to surrender to it. And so God, give me wisdom. God, give me discernment. God, give me an awareness of who I am and how I'm living and what I'm doing in this world that I might display your might and your glory in a way that honors you most. God, let it start today. go a little old school on you, okay? If you say, you know what? I need to do this better. I know I need to do this better. And I feel the Lord convicting my heart right now. If that's you, would you have the courage just to stand up if you're in the room? If you're online, just put in the chat, that's me, I need to do better. I want to be brighter. If you're, if you're watching online and that's you, just say, I want to be brighter. I want to be brighter. Put it in the chat. I want to be brighter. I want to be brighter. If you're here and you say, you know what? I, I want to be brighter. I need to be brighter. Just stand to your feet. I want to be brighter. I need to be brighter. I want to be brighter. I need to be brighter. I want to use my influence to advance his kingdom. I want to make sure that I'm living in such a way that no, I'm never compromising truth. I'm never allowing myself to drift from what I know that God's word says, but I want to do it in a way that honors him and brings him glory. I want to be brighter. If you're, in the, if you're watching online, put it in the chat. I want to be brighter. I want to be brighter. Over the next few weeks, we're just going to lean into, right, how do we do that? What does that really mean? How do we take that conviction that we feel in this room, in this moment, and go and live it out? God, thank you for your word. As hard as it is to hear sometimes, and as much as it hits us in spots that make us uncomfortable. God, we know that you have called us to carry out your purpose in this world. God, we exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus, and to inspire people to live and love like Jesus, we have to live and love like Jesus. We have to be aware of our words, conscious of our actions, we have to move beyond just knowing that we're right and do it in a way that is bright. And God, I thank you for every person in this room that is responding to that call, knowing that, God, we could be a lot brighter than we've been. God, for those 
who feel the conviction over some things maybe they've done over the last year or years, God, I pray that your grace and mercy would wash over them and show them there is a way forward that you can heal and restore and that you can use them, God, that none of us are beyond use. None of us have ever put ourselves in a position where you can't begin to redeem and heal and help us to be bright again. And God, as we leave this place today and we step out into that world, we go out into a world that seems to just be getting darker by the minute. God, it is our job to bring it bright. It is our job to light it up. It is our job to live in such a way that we illuminate the beauty of who you are with the way that we live. God, you, not because of anything that we are, but God, when we surrender to us, you are the way, the truth, the light. You are the light of the world and it lives in us, shining through us. And so God, I pray that today is a turning point in the life of so many in this room. God, use us to bring people to the saving knowledge of your son, to help people know that there's a God who loved us enough to send his one and only son to die for us, to pay the debt that we owed, to give us forgiveness and cleanse us of our sins and put the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the strength to live out what you desire for our lives. God, use us. Help us to be instruments of your glory and grace. God, use us to glorify your name in all that we think, say, and do. And God, will give you glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen, amen. Give God some praise this morning. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.